You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 35. He said, it's my friend. He said he wants to sell his home too, and it's in the same neighborhood. (laughs) And I was like, you've got to be kidding me, you know? So believe me, after that, I asked him every time I saw him or spoke to him if he had any more homes, if he was sure if he had anything else for sale or if he had any other friends. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode of Wholesaling Inc. powered by Investor Grit. This is Cody Hoffheim and we are going to deep dive yet another deal of how you can wholesale in your market. We've got with us some amazing students that are rocking and rolling. They've been wholesaling for a little bit over six months and they've been doing this and then about two months ago they joined the tribe And these guys are setting Charlotte, North Carolina on fire. Today we have Miguel Roman and Pete Russell. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good, Cody. How's it going, man? Good. Good, good, good. So help us fill in the gaps of a little bit about your background and what got you into wholesale. And you guys can kind of direct who you want to have uh, share that, whether it's you, Miguel, or Pete, either way. I'll take it. This is Pete. Yeah, we worked at a sales and marketing company together for about a year and a half, and we were on the same team with that. And I have a good friend from high school who's actually been wholesaling for about two and a half years now. And he was always posting on Facebook and about his success and how much he loved it and how he was, you know, turning it into his full-time job, if you want to call it that. So I was in contact with him, back and forth with him for a few months and just never never went for it, never jumped on board. And then one day I brought it up with Miguel. Just, I don't even know, we were on our break. We used to play ping pong a lot on our breaks. And uh, <laughs> and he was totally on board, totally psyched about it. And him being that into it really got me into it. So we started to go to my friend's meetings. He just had monthly meetings and met up with some other people, uh, other investors in Charlotte. And then we decided, we sat down one day and said, hey, are we going to take this seriously? Are we really going to go for it? And we just took it from there. That was probably back in uh, late May, early June of 2016. And then from there, we just, uh, we got serious about it and and dove right in. Perfect. So a couple things to pinpoint that I I absolutely love about both of you doing this is the fact that you heard of something, you heard of a niche in real estate called wholesaling. You had a friend that's doing it. You saw the success that could come from wholesaling. You knew the individual, but it doesn't stop there. The best part about Mm -hmm. this, all of us hear of these success stories all around us, and there's very few that actually take the plunge and jump right in. And so what I absolutely love about what the two of you did is you just jumped right in. Like you said, if this guy can do it, we're going to learn how to do it, and we're going to do it. And you took Mm -hmm. imperfect action. You didn't know exactly how you were going to do it. You went to these meetups, and from there, you did, we talked a little bit beforehand, you end up doing three deals pretty dang quick, and then done three more since then. So a total of six wholesale deals, and you're not even at a year mark. And this is awesome. This is this is just the power of going out there, having motivation, determination, and then taking massive action 
and just going out there and trying to attempt to be a wholesaler and you're succeeding at it. So uh, let's hear some of the, the success that you've had. So you've done six deals so far. Mm-hmm. What has that looked like as, as a way of like a standpoint of like what, what were you able to make on those six deals total? Do you remember those numbers? Yeah, I, we were right around um, probably about 10,000 a deal, maybe maybe a little bit between ten and 11,000 average. Some of them were less. One was significantly larger. So averaging out, I would say we we've been at about ten thousand dollars a deal right now. So right around sixty thousand. Are you doing this full time? Are you still at the job and doing this on the side? What is what does that look like? Miguel is still at the uh, at the company, the uh-huh. sales and marketing company. Okay, and I volunteered to step away from the desk <laughs> and be the guy the boots on the ground. So Taking I am the actually for the team. There you go. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. So yeah, we, we were just getting so many calls, so many opportunities that we felt that we were missing out on that one of us had to be boots on the ground. So I've been doing that since uh, October. Okay. And it's been really, really good. I, I know there's certain contacts, certain deals, certain people that we would have missed out on unless I would have been out there doing it. But yeah, so as of right now, but the, the goal is very soon in the near future to have both of us out there being busy enough and active enough where we're both out there uh, locking down deals every single day. Okay, so here's a question I have, and I get this question all the time. The seriousness behind the matter is this. A lot of times it's usually the boats are usually the only ships that sell because usually partnerships don't sell. How is it that you guys are able to connect and make this partnership work? Miguel, what are some of the things that you contribute? Yeah, you may be at the nine to five at that marketing company and Pete's out doing boots on the ground, but how is it that you guys are able to contribute to each other, help each other so that this seems pretty equal and this partnership continues to sell? Oh, it all started when uh, we were playing ping pong. And uh, I saw his serve. It was pretty solid. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I one of the major keys to us being successful as partners is our like-mindedness. And I was at the company before he actually uh, came in. And when he came onto our team, I noticed that he was pretty skilled at selling. And I thought this guy, you know, he's pretty, pretty good. We have a similar style of, you know, how we talk to clients and all that stuff. So once we talked about our goals and, and kind of like what we wanted to do with real estate, it just made sense. It was a weird, like, you know, just trust, you know, Pete and I guess vice versa. And it hasn't failed us since. I mean, we've, you know, put in the same amount of effort, you know, mentally, physically, we always have the same mindset. So it's pretty much just, uh, just going off of instinct. You know, it's, it's been a blessing because it's, a lot of uh, partnerships do go sour real quick, but we have been able to you know, stay on the same path. Perfect. So it sounds like the biggest contributor to the success of a partnership is just being on that same page, having those mindsets the same. Does that sound right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And keeping each other accountable for sure. Because in the, the early days, we'd get up early at 5 a.m. and go put out bandit signs or put notes on abandoned properties or write down addresses. And I can guarantee you some of those mornings, I probably wouldn't have gotten up and Miguel, unless Miguel was was knocking on my door telling me to come out there if I, you know, I was meeting him at my truck to get out there and and go get it. So I think the accountability portion of it really, really helped in the very beginning. And it still does right now, but definitely when we first got started, that was huge. So huge. That's why people pay for mentors. That's why people pay for programs of getting healthy. It's like, hey, I'm going to pay a program because I want someone to hold me accountable. Mm So 100% agree with you. A partnership can bring some good stuff as well. I know there's a lot of negative out there with partnerships, but 
for those that get it, it's because it's it's the accountability. You guys set goals and you hold each other to it. And if you haven't done it, you, you get on each other and say, hey, man, you said you're going to do this. So I can see 100% how a partnership can work in this because wholesaling, even though the principles and the process are simple, it still takes a lot of action and it takes a lot of grit to get through this. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Sure. Perfect. So let's do this. Let's deep dive. Let's get into the meat and potatoes and help our listeners, help Rhino Nation understand what is it, one simple concept that we can do to better ourselves in our wholesaling. And for the newbies out there that really have never wholesaled before, they're just grasping the concept of wholesaling, how they can learn a golden nugget instantly so that when they start doing this stuff, they learn instantly like, hey, I have loved what Miguel and Pete did. And because of that, I will make sure I always do this. So let's deep dive this deal. And I'm telling you, Rhino Nation, get ready, get a pad of paper and get a pen because I want you to write a few things that are going to be touched on right here that I absolutely love that made the success of three specific deals, how it all came to be. So let's go. You you guys lead it, how you guys uh, started, what it looks like for marketing, what the phone call sounded like, like let's deep dive. And if it feels like we're missing gaps, I'll stop you and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll deep dive even further. So let's go for it. All right, cool. So a uh, couple of things really, just to give a couple pieces of advice in the beginning, when we first started, our main objective was like Cody said, just imperfect action. Uh, we were really willing to mess up and fail. We had no clue what we were doing. We talked to people got you know bits and pieces of advice here and there. We really were just willing to fail forward. We started off doing little things like Pete said, getting up real early, uh, putting up bandit signs, going to abandoned homes, getting those addresses, and trying to get in touch with as many people as possible that we knew were doing some sort of investing in real estate. So it was consistency, even if we were wrong, just consistency, and willingness to fail forward and, you know, have that imperfect action. Yeah. Just, just anytime we got the phone to ring, we were excited because we were, we were in sales and marketing, we were on the phone and we just knew if that phone's ringing, something positive will come from that. It may be five, six, 10 different calls before you get something. But with each day, we would just get a little more comfortable in you know, what we were looking for, who was going to call the, the big thing was, is, is when I would talk to my, my friend that got me started, he would say, you'll, you'll know a motivated seller when you get one on the phone. So our first five, six calls were just people kind of kicking tires or wanted market value or, or whatever. But then when we got a call where someone said, Hey, I don't literally just, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I, I, I want to get out of here. Didn't bring up price, just wanted us to come and look at the home. That's when we knew that we had something going on. And that was, that was exciting. So we didn't, we, we didn't put any, we weren't emotional with it. We didn't have our feelings involved. No feelings got hurt when we got sifted through all kind of the junk calls. But so we Pete, knew tell me after- this. As you're talking, mm-hmm. you said there was like the motivation. You can hear it. Like, you know, like your friend says, you know, and I 100% agree. What mm-hmm. was it about this call? Like he says, I didn't want this home, but did he go into any more depth or did you ask him any further questions of like why he didn't want the home and what did that sound like? The first one was really, he just blurted out a price and said, I, I don't want to deal with it anymore. If you, if you buy this for $50,000, you can take it right now. And just, just hearing that and hearing a price, because the other people you talk to, they say, I don't know, you give me a price first or 
they're kind of playing hardball. But when you pick up the phone and say, hello, you know, how are you doing today? Or, hey, this is Peter. And it's the first thing they blurt out is price and say they don't want to deal it and meet me right now. That's pretty motivated. So I was just like, all right. And I got, you know, went over there right away and just walked the property with them and started talking about a few things. And then nowadays when, when we get calls, we get a lot more calls now because of our marketing and everything. You, some people will just kind of spill their guts. They'll just start to tell you right away, Hey, are, are you serious? Will you really purchase my home? Will you, you know, we, can you buy it within a week? They'll just, you know, sure. as soon as, as soon as you get that on the line, you, you just get a feel for it right away that these guys are ready to go. I need to take this seriously. I need to get over there as soon as possible and meet them in person. Perfect. So with this bandit sign, that's what we were talking about, right? Is this the deal we're talking about? Mm-hmm. So with a bandit sign, he calls in off this bandit sign. Where did you post this bandit sign? How is it that he saw your sign? Is there any keys to that? Almost. in the, So we've been posting them just, just off of advice we've got from different people in different investment meetings, you know, just, just places where intersections where there's a lot of traffic, where a lot of people will be still not just flying right by it, where it's going get, to get a lot of eyes on it, you know, consistently. This one actually, of all places, we placed on a, a busy road, but we placed it right on his property line where his property ended and then it was just abandoned, just overgrown weeds and everything like that. It was just city property. Uh-huh. Um, we just, we placed it right there and it was technically, it was pretty much if you walk in his front yard, looking back on it, it was right there. So he must've walked out front. He had just gotten kicked some uh, renters and everything. And I think he was done with it. So our sign, I just imagine him walking out the front door and seeing that sign and being like, oh, perfect. You know, <laughs> but yeah, he called us and he was one person that, th- that threw others a little bit of a language barrier, but he was saying that he wanted X amount and it was, it was really high, but I still went over there. And cause at this point we we're hungry. We'd go, go see anything and everything just to meet people and just to get comfortable with the process. But that one, that one honestly took about two months of back and forth. I would reach out to him a couple times a week and say, Hey, I'm still interested. I can't do it for that much, but let's work on it to the point where we thought it was dead, kind of dead in the water. And then one day he called us back and he was $20,000 cheaper than where he started. And we knew at that point, some of the buyers and some of the people we had been in contact with that they would purchase it off us and it would, it would be a deal at that point. So it, it worked. We always look back on that one and and kind of laugh about it because we thought that one was was over with and it just it from the very beginning it showed us you know no, no deal is ever dead unless it's you know somebody else takes it or the people decide to stay in it you know it's always still there's a chance on it for sure hey so rhino nation first gold nugget to write down is the power of follow-up i can't stress this enough they nailed it It got to the point where they actually thought to themselves, like, this deal is dead. We are done working this. It's going nowhere. It's pointless. The guy's asking way too high. But then something turned on. It's time. Time keeps going on, and then he realizes, I still hate this home, and I don't want it anymore. So here's the best part that you'll learn is people are willing to trade some of their equity for you to come in and solve their problems. And so here we have a perfect solution where he's thinking up front, yes, I'd like this price, it didn't work out. And then him coming to a realization that I've got Pete and Miguel on the other end that's willing to buy my home, they can't pay the price I want. You know what though, this is a huge problem, it's a huge burden to me, I don't want it anymore. And ultimately, he was willing to sacrifice or give up his equity, some of his equity in return for Pete and Miguel 
to solve his problem. And that is the key thing here. It's a win-win every single time. At no given point would Pete and Miguel go over there and just do a, a deal that's a win for them and a complete loss to, to the seller. No way. This is a win-win every time where you're helping solve these problems out there. You're being the solution to, be, to solve these guys' problems. And this is the case right here. It's perfect. So you guys literally almost gave up. Mm-hmm. And here it came two months down the road and you, you get this deal. Yeah, I, I actually remember I was the one that actually almost gave up. I was telling Pete, I was like, hey, listen, this sounds like we're just beating a dead horse here and um, let's just move on. We're going to get plenty more deals. You know, we're ramping on marketing. And he would just be like, listen, I don't know what, what, what it is. I just have a feeling this guy really, you know, wants to work with us. And it's funny because first call, he might not have sounded super, super motivated, but the fact that he would call us randomly, random times and just say, he would call us and then say, hey, Pete, or hey, Miguel. And then he would throw out a lower, a slightly lower number again. Almost like he, wa- he was begging us to take the house, but at the price that he wanted. And we had set a price initially. And what's funny is that the initial price that we set, we actually ended up getting it lower than the initial price that we gave him because we realized he was so motivated that we had the control, which he'd given us after you know, giving us a couple of clues, you know, calling us randomly, you know, we, we kind of just put two and two together and we're like, this guy really wants to get rid of his home and we're just going to let him come to us. So that's pretty, pretty much what happened. Cool. So what did this one deal, when you sell this deal, what does that look like on a profit standpoint? Is that one of like the average? Is that like a 10K assignment or what does that look like? That one was a little bit lower than 10K uh, just because the house was really, really rough. That one was probably closer to eight. But then he, while, while I was over at the house one day. Um, this is where I feel like saying, wait, 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 wait. But there's more. If you buy today, yeah. <laughs> I will throw in. So let's hear this because, guys, this is the second gold nugget I want you to write down if you're listening and paying attention. Unless you're driving, I want this written down so you can see how important this is, what goes on right here. All right, go yes, for it. Yeah, I, I was at the house with them. And, and by then, I, I'd, I'd met with them at the place two or three times and, and gone over things and, and checked it out myself. But we were over there one day and I just was talking to him, just kind of building rapport. And he was a really nice guy. And I, I just nonchalantly asked him. It, it clicked in my head. I was like, you know what? You never know. And you, you haven't asked him. I said, hey, by the way, do you have any other places? You know. And he, without blinking, without stopping, didn't change his tone or anything. He's like, yeah, I have another home and it's about two or three miles down the road and I'd like to sell that one as well. And it was, it was crazy because it's like he never would have even brought it up, I don't know, unless I would have asked. So he had this place that was already working with him. We built up rapport, but he still, for one reason or the other, didn't bring it up. Uh, so as soon as we left his that first property that day, we went over to that one. I signed it, got it under contract. This was a nice two-story brick home. Didn't need that much done to it at all, really. Maybe just some cosmetic things. Uh-huh. But the fact of he wanted to move, he wanted to sell, he wanted to liquidate quickly. We were able to sell that one. It on that one, we actually had a profit of about $17,000. Holy smokes. There you go. So the power of asking, you're already there with the guys. You've... You've, you're already there with the seller. You've established that relationship of trust. People do business with people they trust. It didn't happen over one phone call with this gentleman. It happened over two months, but that's okay because it got him the first home at, did you say seven or 8,000? Yeah, about 8,000, yep. Okay, and then him asking, hey, do you know of anyone else or do you have another home that you like to sell? Absolutely. It's a mile down the road and here we go and this one's a little bit bigger, a little bit better shape. 
to where you made, did you say 17,000? Yep, 17 grand. In between, hold on, we're going to ring what's very, very common on the podcast, the victory bell. Hold on one sec. (laughs) Okay, so we got two deals going on. First deal, seven or 8K. Second deal, 17 grand. And here you are probably just happy as can be. You can't believe how easy the second one came in because now he's that much more willing to do business again with the person that he trusts. Mm-hmm. And, and what did that lead to from there? That led to him when we were finishing up on the second house. Uh, another time when I went out there, he handed me a little piece of paper and it had a name and an address on it and a phone number. And I was like, what is this? He said, it's my friend. He said, he wants to sell his home too. And it's in the same neighborhood. (laughs) And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know? So believe me, after that, I asked him every time I saw him or spoke to him, if he had any more homes, if he was sure if he had anything else for sale or if he had any other friends um, to the point where he would just laugh every time. He's like, no, 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 I promise this is it. I, I don't have anything else. But yeah, we, we did the deal on that one. We closed that one right before the end of the year. And uh-huh. actually from that, we had an, another referral as well, where something we don't have it under contract yet. We still have to go out and see it. But from that group, from that family, they told us that their friend uh, has a place that they want to sell as well. Holy smoke. So what did the third deal do for you? That one was right at the 10,000 mark as well. Maybe a little bit over that, maybe ten five. This but, is uh, yeah, right at that mark. This is awesome. We're talking $35,000 in three deals <laughs> and just back to back to back and probably the easiest yep. way to do it. And that's through a referral. How many of us, I'm guilty of this. We're all guilty of this. How many of us take the time to actually ask for referrals, to ask for, hey, do you have any other homes that uh, you're looking to sell? Do you know anyone else that's looking to sell that need to sell quick? This is such a, like, Holy smoke, slap you in the forehead. Not, I'm just so easy. It's so easy that it's almost that easy not to do. It's so easy to do, but how many people are really going to do it? You did it to where three deals came from the one source, and that's brilliant, mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. You guys, I'm telling you, yet another way of how to think outside the box, differentiate yourself from the other investors out there, and put down three homes off one source. Absolutely amazing. Guys, congratulations. Thanks, man. We appreciate it. So tell us this in winding down and wrapping up, what helps your mindset be the way it is? If you guys could give each a book, what is that number one book where you're like, this is my go-to that helps me be where I need to be? Honestly, I mean, I have like three in mind right now that I can think of. Huge one for me is what you guys talk about all the time. And I'm probably even going to butcher the title right now, but it's the four spiritual laws of prosperity. prosperity. There you go. I love that book, man. I read that front to back multiple times and it's, it's the mindset of uh, don't limit yourself. I mean, some of this stuff can be a little, little intimidating. Some of it can be scary just, you know, because sometimes it's big money thrown out there and you're like, Hey, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm new at this. I don't know, really, really know what's going on. But if you it's just the mindset of even just failing forward and just going for it and say, hey, it's going to work, I'm going to make it happen or I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. That sounds very simplistic. But when you're when you're dealing with people, these people are calling you and you've never met them before. And, you know, within a very short time, you have a deal under contract to purchase their home. So with that, you have to have the mindset of, you know, of, of prosperity, of 
of just being, hey, I'm going to get the deal done. I'm going to make it happen. And this is something I want to do for a long time. But definitely that book is a huge book that I would recommend to anybody. Perfect. I, uh, I was going to say, uh, Think and Grow Rich for me. Think and Grow definitely Rich, Napoleon uh, Hill. Yep, Napoleon Hill. That's definitely a solid one. Just to add on to what Pete said, basically one part of our like-mindedness is that we do visualize separately and together. Sometimes we'll just get together to talk about the business and we'll start visualizing and talking about our future as if it's already happening. And that in the beginning helped us stay motivated. We would talk about deals that we were going to get before we even knew how to get them. We'd be in the car driving around not knowing what we were doing, talking about being swamped with phone calls and, and being swamped with deals. And that really helped us stay motivated and visualize, you know, where we were headed. So perfect. Guys, you guys are rock stars. You guys are just at the beginning. You're just scratching the surface. 2017 looks bright for you guys. And I'm excited along this year, along this way, that we'll be touching base here and there. And I'm excited to hear the success that you're going to have here in uh, 2017. So keep pushing forward. I appreciate your time. And, and thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thanks. Will we, we ring the bell for us one more time? Because that's one of the things we always said is if we get on the podcast, we got to get one specific bell ring. All right. Here we go. You ready? Victory it, bell man. number two. <laughs> All right. Awesome. You are the first appreciate that I've it. done the double for. So thanks for asking. Okay. Awesome, man. Thank you. Rhino Nation, if you have any further questions about wholesaling, there's so many ways to learn about this, but definitely go over to InvestorGrit.com. That's InvestorGrit.com. And if you're not, if you're new to this podcast and you're just listening for the first time, get over there and get on our email list. Subscribe to it. We send out gold nuggets often through that email list. And then uh, also, if you want to hear what other wholesalers are doing nationwide, click on the testimonials tab, and you can see people nationwide that are doing wholesaling and just crushing it in their market. Um, if you want us to help you personally build your wholesaling business for 2017, click on the coaching tab, book a call with our team, and if we like what you have to say, we just might invite you to be part of the tribe. Take care, Rhino Nation, and we'll talk to you soon. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.